My name's Garrett Apple. You're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Hans Schreiber. Snyder with scores! Now it's one. scores! Paul Rabel splits two and scores! Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Kelly, not shy, bounces one home! What a start! Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam, and together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We are stoked to have you guys for another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. Today we are talking all things PLO offseason, including our first coaching change and possible expansion. Before we dive into that, Adam, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Honestly, the offseason in most sports is some of the most exciting uh, times in, in leagues, especially like the NBA. So I'm excited to see what this offseason brings, particularly for the PLO. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, you know, speaking of juicy news, we already have our first coaching change. Uh, coach Dom Starja is out as the Chrome head coach. He'll be moving to a PLL advisory role. Uh, he'll join the board. Um, so we have our first coaching vacancy in this offseason, and you know it kind of starts off with a bang. Um, but what are some guys that you think would be a good fit to replace uh, Coach Starja with the Chrome, Adam? There are a couple names that I've been contemplating for this since I heard the announcement. You know, there's a bunch of different routes the league could go when it comes to, to this position. You know, we see someone like Nat St. Laurent with the Redwoods, who is still currently coaching at Ohio Northern, and then the rest of the coaching staff uh, are, isn't coaching out. So I'm curious to see where they, they'll go with this, whether they go to a uh, uh, maybe a, a college coach currently, or if someone um, that has had uh, some pro experience, which leads to a few of my names, whether that's Bear Davis, former Ohio Machine head coach who uh, we've had on the pod before and talked about um, his, his experience with them, or, or Brian Reese, who used to be head coach of the Bayhawks, has strong roots in that area and, and uh, around uh, professional lacrosse, and now is a uh, volunteer assistant at the University of Maryland, where his wife is, is the women's head coach. Um, those two names are, are two that uh, kind of on the, the top of my mind, but um, that doesn't mean that to say that there aren't a ton of candidates that we're not even thinking about. Maybe current coaches in positions that after seeing uh, a year of, of the PLL might be enticed to, to kind of make that next step and go to the professional league or move leagues even potentially. You know, we're at an interesting spot because it's still more desirable in this lacrosse atmosphere to be a college coach and some of these premier college programs when I came up with my list of candidates you know I think Bear Davis and Brian Reese are great candidates to have on there but I was kind of you know focused on uh, guys like uh, Bear Davis and Brian Reese that you know are maybe have an opening I didn't really look at any of these college coaches you know we could talk about a guy uh, you know who's had plenty of professional lacrosse experience like a Paul Cantabine um, but he's, you know, set at Stevenson. I don't see him leaving. You know, I don't see a lot of these guys leaving their college programs. Um, so there's a guy, though, out there who just uh, left the Naval Academy and Rick Soule. I think he'd make a good candidate. He's got a lot of experience, you know, with different programs. He was Stony Brook prior to his time at Navy. Um, he's looking for a coaching gig. Maybe the PLL is a good spot for him. You know, uh, it would add a little bit of diversity into the coaching uh, pool. And, um, you know, I think... He'd be a good fit, maybe, for the PLL. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised, too, if maybe they look more in-house. Maybe they'll look at a guy like Tony Resch, who did outstanding things for the PLL Archers defense this year um, as an assistant. You know, they, he had the Archers, uh, it was the top-ranked defense, which boasted the lowest scoring against average with 10.5 points per game in the regular season. And they held teams to single-digit games five different times. He's actually my top pick to take over the Chrome. I think he would do wonders in transforming their defense, um, he's already got plenty of 
head coaching experience at the pro level. He won four NL titles with the Philadelphia Wings and two MLL titles with the Philadelphia Barrage. So I think it's a no-brainer um, if they decide to go in-house. Another guy in-house would be Don Marzano, who's an assistant with uh, the Redwoods with Nat St. Laurent. Um, so he's another guy. And my other hot take is maybe we see a former player uh, take the reins. Uh, Matt Donowski is 34 years old right now. Could we see him maybe, you know, retire and take over as head coach? You know, I don't want to force Matt Donowski into early retirement. He's obviously showed he's got some good lacrosse left in the tank still, but I think him coaching a bunch of Duke alumni uh, would be a match made in heaven. You know, he's an assistant under his father at Duke right now, um, helps out there. So I think seeing him take over um, as a head coach, as you know, the would be the young youngest head coach in the PLL right now, uh, would be an interesting dynamic. So a lot of great names out there. I, you know, it's tough to speculate for guys that would leave their college program. So that's why these guys that I mentioned are mostly either in the PLL or, as you mentioned, um, you know, looking for coaching jobs right now. But it's an interesting dynamic. It's not to say that a a college coach, even a head coach, can't be a PLL coach since the seasons don't overlap necessarily. But I just think with recruiting. Um, it'd be a lot for one person's plate. You know, obviously Nat St. Laurent does it. Um, and, you know, Coach Stagnin has done it when he was coaching the MLL. But it's it's a little bit different, you know, especially with the travel. So I don't really see it happening. Um, I see see them maybe looking for a full-time guy. But uh, there's some other news too, Adam, that was just recently kind of hinted at. I wouldn't say announced, but um, the PLL just tweeted out, who wants us to expand in 2020? And, uh, you know, to me and you, that definitely means they're expanding. I mean, I think it's 95% chance now. You know, whether that's a good idea or not is another discussion. But, um, you know, what did you, what were your thoughts when you saw this tweet that came out on Tuesday? Yeah, no, it, it was super exciting. You know, I think we saw uh, a large number of players that were picked up from the player pool make a, a big impact um, in the league this year. And I, I don't see why um, there couldn't be the opportunity to, to bring in a few more, a team or two um, to create uh, more competition uh, between teams. You know, I think there are awesome opportunities uh, for players that are leaving. We, we've already talked about in previous pods about the, the great opportunities um, when it comes to this current draft class that, that we'll have um, to, to fill some rosters. So there's definitely going to be some moving and shaking when it comes to these rosters this this uh, offseason. Uh, so I don't see why not, you know, and I think some people are, are maybe saying wait uh, another year or two to see how things go. Some people uh, say, you know, the, the rivalries are created. I, I don't see why we can't expand more, uh, create more rivalries, create more opportunities for, for a big weekend. Um, you know, this past summer we had uh, two games on one day usually and, and one game on the next. Um, why can't we have two days of, of full of lacrosse, you know, with two games on each day, uh, depending on how many teams they add. So I'm super excited to see um, the opportunities that, that will arise for players, whether they're currently in the MLL or PLL or uh, the collegiate side, if they do decide uh, to expand. You know, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, you mentioned there's a deep draft class. So I think, you know, finding enough players – would be fine, you know. You, they'd have to essentially find 50 more players, um, but you, like you said, there's a lot of people in the player pool. Um, you know, we both tend to think that more MLL players are going to come over to the PLL than vice versa. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm excited. Like, as a fan, I think it would be great. But I am a little, you know, cautiously optimistic with it because 
you know, I, I want to know, is, is money going to be an issue with that? You have to pay 50 more players and uh, six more coaches, essentially, you know, two head coaches and four assistants. I, and I, I understand that, but I also go back, harken back to uh, Paul and Mike's uh, initial interview about the league and, and the, the finances of this league and how they talked about their 10-year plan, right? Um, I That has to be part of the 10-year plan, uh, the fact that uh, there is opportunities for growth. Um, everything is has been so strategic and systematic with this league, not to say they aren't taking um, into account what the fans uh say you know Paul talked about today that it's super important and they listen to all the fans so this we may have a deciding factor when it comes to if they do decide to expand or not um but I this has to be a part of their plan going forward um this has been in in the works I'm sure for for a while now absolutely I just am wondering you know is it a little too soon you know you got one year under your belt maybe you wait one or two years you know I mean I'm excited if they announce there's two teams I'll be the first guy to you know, get excited about it, but, you know, I, I do go in with a little bit of um, some tibidness with this news, but, um, you know, we're both excited, like we said, we have ideas for names that we've had in our article, I mean, I really like, the Marauders are a name that I really like, because you could call them the Marauder Squad, um, you know, the Altitude is another name I came up with, I don't know if you had, had some names other than, you know, I know you like the Breakers, and a Surge was another name we kind of thought was kind of cool, but... Um, you know, it, it'd be cool to kind of introduce some more color schemes, some different logos. Um, that, that stuff is exciting, you know, as fans, and that's a, a way to pique our interest in this offseason. I don't know if I have any ideas for names, but what kind of might lead into uh, what we want to talk about next with this PLO offseason, I'm just super excited to see, uh, or intrigued at least, uh, by how the roster makeups will be created for these programs. Is there going to be the opportunity for teams to protect a certain amount of players um, from each roster and then have an expansion draft based off of that like they do in, in the NHL? Um, so that, that's something I'm thinking about. Are they going to have uh, automatically? Because we clearly already know they're, if they do expand, they're probably not going to get that first overall pick, right? Because we, we had a, the whole thing about this draft bracket uh, this uh, past summer was that the winner of the one side would get that first overall pick. So um, do they get the second pick? So is that drop for, when you lose that ch- uh, number one pick game? Drop to three. I, I there's just so many questions I have, and you know that the league's working through these things too. I'm sure at the same time, so maybe they do get that first pick, or maybe they get the first pick in every other round. Um, I'm just super curious to see how the roster makeups of these teams are created. If it's one, um, or if it's two, you know, I most leagues uh, usually bring in more than one franchise when they do expand in, in a given year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that player movement is like. Are these rosters uh, going to be very similar to the last year? They're going to be big shakeups. We just don't know yet. Yeah, no, and I think another thing we don't really know about too is you know you mentioned are these teams going to be able to protect players. Um, honestly, you know, the competition committee could go in and decide, hey, we're going to, you know, build two more teams and we're going to take players from these coaches without even telling them. You know, the coaches actually came in without building the rosters themselves. So how much more say are the coaches going to have in year two? You know, I'd like them, you know, as the GMs of the team as well, I'd like them to be able to, you know, say we're going to keep these guys and these other guys are unprotected and you can then build these two teams from that. But, you know, the competition committee could come in and kind of do whatever they want, and I don't think that'd be the smart thing to do, but they are a single-entity league, so that is something that they could do, um, which is, you know, also interesting. 
Um, and, you know, maybe we see some big names come over. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about that after the break, um, and maybe they build them off of that. But um, with that, let's take our quick break, uh, and then we'll get into some NLL transactions with our quick stick and then our wish list of what we want to see uh, from this offseason. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Stitcher Premium. You can use Stitcher Premium to listen to shows ad-free such as Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Wolverine the Lost Trail, or our favorite, The Fantasy Footballers. For only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year, you get access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, and comedy albums. Better yet, if you go over to stitcher.com premium and use the promo code lacrosse today, you can get one month free. So head on over to Stitcher, sign up, and get your free trial today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so welcome back. Uh, we're going to go into our quick stick where we'll just read some NLL transactions from this week uh, since the NLL is undergoing their offseason right now. They're getting ready for the season uh, to start, but there are a lot of you know big-name signings. So let's just start off with it. The Buffalo Bandits have signed Tyler Halls to a two-year agreement. Uh, the Halifax Thunderbirds have signed Trevor Smith and Clay Scanlon to one-year agreements. The New England Black Wolves have signed Andrew Q, who was recently on our podcast, and Chris Young to one-year agreements. The Rochester Nighthawks have signed Ryland Reese to a two-year agreement, and the Vancouver Warriors have signed Mitch Jones to a two-year agreement. So those are your uh, transactions from this week in the NLL, and that kind of segues nice into our conversation about some things we'd like to see this offseason and you know, from the PLO going forward is, is it possible for us to know these contract details? I mean, if not money, at least let us know how many years some of these guys are signed up. You know, maybe they're all on the same initial deal. Maybe it's two or three years or whatever. But, um, you know, we, we should know which, how, how long these guys are supposed to be with the team and whether it's signed with a team or signed with a league. You know, since the league is a single entity, it might be that they have a general PLO contract. But that stuff, you know, we kind of want to know. I mean, what are your thoughts, Adam, on, on knowing more about the contracts? Yeah, I think it's, it's something that uh, creates fan fodder, right? We always go in to see uh, what the contracts look like for various teams, whether they're leagues uh, like the MLB, uh, who doesn't have a salary cap, or like the NHL, NBA, that has salary caps. Um, and it's super fun to create the opportunities to see what free agency looks like uh, in leagues, to see where the player movement's going to be. So I'd love to see uh, what the different contracts uh, look like for the players. And, you know, it, it creates transparency, I think. And, you know, the league has been very transparent so far uh, about how they do things. They've been systematic in how they drop information, but very transparent once that information's out. Um, and I'm curious to see w- what happens here. Uh, if that information's dropped, will we see an increase potentially in the salaries of MLO players like we did this year. 
um, which was a positive. So I'm, I'm curious to see uh, what those contracts look like. Just based off of what we know for contracts in the past, if this is going to be a league uh, that says it's for the players, by the players, and this can be their full-time job, are they getting full-time salaries? Yeah, no, you, we know the minimum uh, is you know 20000 but that's not not huge actually you know especially for professional sports so you know that is something that is something we would like to know and i i just am looking forward to the day where we can value people on money you know obviously these are there are people that are athletes behind it but you know i want to know if if tom schreiber has a a bigger deal than a matt rambo i want to have a discussion about it you know is is matt rambo worth more money than tom schreiber and it kind of puts the power back into the players hands too with these contracts and i don't think we're there yet i think it's more years down the road but that's where other professional sports are so that's one of the things on my wish list as well and kind of then player movement and how are these players that are going to join the league being signed on again this kind of goes along with the contracts but you know you and me both think that there are going to be some mll players joining the pllo next year that's a, a given um, and, you know, you might see some PLL join the MLL as well. I don't think it's as much. I think, you know, if we want to talk about the MLL, I could tell you that definitely people that are staying, I think, would be a Steel Stanwick or a Colin Heacock, you know, hometown guys like that. You know, you probably got a Dylan Malloy um, staying in Long Island uh, with the Lizards, you know, after he chose to join the MLL. He was initially in the PLL player pool. And then a Max Adler, who's spoken on our podcast, how he feels, uh, you know, a commitment to the Denver Outlaws. And, you know, maybe you'll see like a Shaq Stanwick. Uh, joined the MLL. He, he sat in the player pool and didn't end up suiting up for any of the teams. Uh, maybe an Alex Reddy who suited up one game for the Chrome. Because the goalie situation I think is interesting in the PLL. It's almost like you have a lot of talent at the goalie position, but again, you can't start all of them. So, you know, maybe you see some more goalies switching to the MLL. Or um, I think another thing is a big question is what are these traditional box players uh, doing? You know, you saw Westberg. He got some more time as the season went along, but he didn't get as much time as, say, a guy who's another box guy like a Randy Stotts, Mark Matthews, Zach Curry, or Kyle Jackson. These were all stars on their respective rosters in the MLL. And I think a lot of these guys who are box lacrosse players first and field lacrosse players second use the field game to kind of, you know, refine their skills in the off season. And if they were to make the jump to the PLL, they probably wouldn't see as much playing time. You know, I, I think a guy like Lyle Thompson is going to start no matter what. And same with like a Zach Courier. But, you know, Mark Matthews or a Kyle Jackson, they'll play in the PLL, but are they going to, you know, suit up every week? You know, it, it'd be a little bit more competition there. So I don't know. That's maybe a, more an advantage to staying in the MLL right now um, is, is that ability to kind of, you know, play more. And, you know, you saw Andrew Q took advantage of that, uh, a guy like, Warren Jeffrey, another rookie, took advantage of that. Rylan Reese, you know, the number two overall pick in the NLL, uh, you know, made big strides with the Cannons. So, you know, I think maybe you see more traditional box lacrosse players stay in the MLL. Um, but, you know, I mentioned a big one already, Lyle Thompson. Who is another guy you think is going to jump from the MLL to the PLL once their contracts are up? Yeah, you, met, you mentioned Zach Curry, but Rob Pinnell is someone uh, that I obviously – see making that jump you know you saw the longer contracts for Lyle and Rob and would they have made the jump prior to this year Lyle's brothers are uh, and family are in the PLL already and I, I 
can see Rob um, being a big star uh, in the PLL like he has been in the MLL for, for years. He's he's one of the top players in the world, obviously, and uh, I don't see why he can't be on that stage uh, in the PLL being a headliner. If it, is it for that expansion franchise um, or is it for a, a team looking for a, a superstar, you know? So um, that's someone I can see definitely making the jump, but you know, we just... It's so frustrating, and but exciting at the same time. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you, but it gives us something to talk about, right? You know, we, we, there's a lot of uncertainty, but it gives us stuff to talk about, which is what we want and what, what's great about this offseason. You know, for the first time uh, in summer lacrosse history, we're, we're talking about who's going to go with which, which league. You know, it's kind of like harkens back to the NFL days, um, you know, when you had a guy like Joe Namath who decided to play for the AFL as opposed to the NFL, which was considered the superior league at the time. So, you know, we're kind of getting to see that in lacrosse. Uh, and I'm a guy who thinks that Rob Pinnell is going to make the jump, and it's fun to speculate. Um, and, yeah, like you said, maybe they, they do join these expansion franchises. Yeah, it'll just, it's just super exciting to see. Um, we'll obviously have tons of content uh, once news drops over over the next couple of months uh, from both MLL and PLL moves. So I'm super excited to see what this offseason is going to bring. Yep, me as well. But uh, that wraps up our PLO offseason wish list, um, you know, in our podcast for this week. We just want to tease going forward. We have an interview with Connor Busick coming up, uh, as well as CJ Costabile with the Bayhawks. So those are two guys that, uh, you know, we've been looking forward to having on for a while now, and we finally got to interview them. Um, so those will be our offseason interviews coming up soon. Um, you know, a lot of great content on our web. Uh, you know, we mentioned our coaches' picks. That article is also on our website. You know, you can kind of read a little bit more of my thoughts on um, why these guys should be considered for the Chrome uh, head coaching job. Um, but, you know, that wraps up Episode 33. We thank you guys all for listening. We hope you tune in next time to Pro Lacrosse Talk.